Hi, and welcome to Midwest Crazy, Tales of Indiana's Caviar King. My name is Lindsay, and I'm David's granddaughter. He's also known as Indiana's Caviar King, or how I refer to him is Papal. Each week, I'm going to give you an episode retelling his stories that he's acquired over his life and had time to sit down and write while he was in prison. This week's episode is going to cover growing up on the river and how Papal met some important people in his life. Some names in this story have been changed for their privacy. I'm going to be telling this story completely as my Papal has written it, with a few edits to his spelling and those names that I mentioned. So let's dive into it. I remember that the river was a bad place. My mom and dad didn't want me close to it. And what little I can remember about school is that I was always in trouble. Fights after school, and I always skipped a lot. I always hung out with boys older than me, so I grew up really quick. One night that sticks out from growing up was when I was supposed to spend a night with a friend for the weekend, and instead I got with the older guys and got some beer and camped out on the river. I know I was still in school at this time. Somehow dad found out I wasn't at my friend's, and somehow he knew where I was. Early the next morning, he found me while I was still asleep, and he had a piece of driftwood I guess he had used to walk down there with, and he started kicking the hell out of me all the way to the car, and then I got the razor strap when I got home. I remember he was sad, and I think using the razor strap had got to him. He was saying how I scared him all night long, and it was for my own good. Now, I think that was my first night on the river. I knew Vicky, and I don't think we were even boyfriend and girlfriend yet, but her dad had a bait house and a fish market, and I liked both, and that's where all the older guys would hang out. It was a dead-end road with two bait houses and one other home that belonged to an older man. Boots, Vicky's dad, owned the other houses that were there. The house he lived in and another vacant house that I would move into later. It had an apartment upstairs, and there were three rooms on the right and three rooms on the left. Later on, me and Boots fixed the three rooms on the left for Vicky's uncle. He raised fighting chickens for another well-to-do man who built chicken coops that were nicer than the place Buster lived at. I would have been 15 at that time, because I was still in school. Let me tell you a little more about school. My best friend, his name was Russell. We did most everything together. He lived with his mom, grandma, brother, and sister. He would come by to get me up for school, sometimes by throwing water on me, other times by taking the bat I kept by my bed and hit me across the back or chest. And it wouldn't take much to talk him out of going to school either, and stay home and go to the river, or just get a buzz. In those days, we would drink vanilla extract or sniff glue. Things were a lot harder to get. Sometimes I could find my dad's whiskey, Yellowstone, and that we would hit that a little bit. This part is about when he quit school. 
I went to school. I remember going to phys ed. He was a bigger teacher, Mr. Fisher. Anyway, something that happened was me and another boy got in a fight, and Mr. Fisher took us to the locker room to paddle us. When I was getting ready to get mine, I took off out a back door and went to the pool hall and bowling alley. I must have went to school the next day and got called into the office, and they asked me if I was going to quit school when I turned 16, so I said yes. It was close to that time, so they went ahead and expelled me. The school and or mom wanted me to go see a psychiatrist. I would get out of school 30 minutes early to walk to her office. Her name was Mary Jane, and she was a young lady. I liked getting out of school early and going and talking to her. I guess we talked about everything. But the one thing I remember most was mom, dad, school, and at home. And I guess I did what she told me. I know she would tell me when I get old enough, I need to get away from there. And it didn't sound like a good place to live. But before leaving, I guess me and Vicky were hitting it off pretty good. And I still liked going to the river. It was in old Clarksville, and I lived in new Clarksville, several miles away. If I didn't want to ride my bike after school, I would save my lunch money and catch a cab. The man that owned the cab was John Elderman's dad, and John turned out to be a high-ranking game warden. He was Vicky's age. Now, as time went on, my Aunt Wilma, dad's sister... She was the one me and Peggy would run to when things got real bad at the house. She was the only Christian that I knew growing up, always telling me stories out of the Bible and taking me to church. When I would go, her and Harlan, her husband, were always there and made time for us. She was an angel, prayed for me and us all the time. Anyway, she co-signed for my first car. Vicky's uncle worked at the license branch, and he was the main guy. I never had to take a test or even drive, just went in and seen him and walked out with my license. Now my first car, it was a Ford Country Square station wagon. It had wood grain on the sides, and I thought it would be perfect to haul my hunting dogs and trapping gear, and it ended up being my home for a short time. After getting my car, I had to get a real job. I always worked for the neighbors on the block doing anything to make a dollar, plus cut almost everyone's yard. But no, I was still 16, and Peggy, my sister, was dating a business agent for the labor union. At this time, I had quit school, had a car, and would stay at home or sleep in the wagon down at the bait house where Vicky was. Boots never paid me for anything I ever did for him. But somehow, Peggy's boyfriend got me in the labor union. I couldn't believe it. I'm still 16, almost 17, and you are supposed to be 18 to get into the union. Okay, so I'm still partying and still hanging out with older guys, and me and Vicky were together every day. I think my first job was at the power plant and was working 7 to 10, and the pay was $4.95 an hour. I thought I was rich, so I go rent a trailer under someone else's name at the Bargain Ranch. At the same time, one of my other friends did the same, only he was old enough he was over 21. 
Bargain Ranch was a very trashy trailer park. Not for drugs and bums, but it was a place to party and have a roof over my head. I met a guy at work named Big Boy. I forgot to mention my trailer was open for anyone anytime, and several had stayed there. I was working all night and got off at 4, 5, or 6, and the party was still always going. I forgot something else. The first trailer I moved in was really bad at the same park. I remember Vicky trying to light the oven, and it blew the door off of the oven and knocked the trailer off of its blocks. And it, I almost didn't get another trailer after that. Okay, big boy. He lived in Burnside, Kentucky, a boiler maker. I was his labor most of the time. He liked to hunt and fish and do all the things that I would have rather been doing at the time. That's what I would be doing when I got a chance anyway. He would come over in the morning and hang out and sometimes have a few drinks and others were there and they would just talk about hunting and fishing and he knew all about me and Vicky. One night at work, the job was getting close to being done and I had told him how close me and Vicky were and he said he was ready to quit and go home to his wife and kids and said it would be a good time to get Vicky and marry her. So when we got off work, we went by the trailer and got some clothes and went to Vicky's house. It was real early in the morning. I went and woke her up and her mom woke up wanting to know where we were going. And I told Vicky to get married and that's what she told her mom and off we went in the country square. I wasn't old enough. I must have been 17. Birthday, November 17th. Got married December 3rd. Not much more than two weeks being 17. She was legal at 18. So, I'm missing a piece here, but I know they went to Tennessee or somewhere in Kentucky and got married because it wasn't legal for them to get married in Indiana since he was underage. And that is what this is getting at. But I'm missing that piece. Anyway, they stayed where they were. I think it was Tennessee for a while. And they come home and let everyone know where they've been. They were still living at Bargain Ranch. Boots decided to fix the other three rooms in the big house. So me and him get it fixed good enough so that me and Vicky can move in. I think he just wanted her back at home so he could keep an eye on her. Now things really get crazy. I don't know where to start living on the river. It was already like home down there as much time as I had done spent with her family and everyone down there. Well, I remember mom finally coming to see where we lived. Dad would come often. We didn't have much, a bed, a stove, couch and a table and chairs and a cooler for an ice box mom came down raising hell and before she left she told me to go get an ice box when i got done fooling around and to bring the ice box home with me i never got done fooling around now it would take 10 books for me to tell you what all happened down there let me just tell you about a few still a lot of crazy most every day i tell you some of the worst days 
And he never finished writing that. So I don't know what else was supposed to go there. But this is another story he started writing in a completely different section that I just added in because it was about living on the river. Something else I forgot while living on the river. Another thing I found I could do for money and always needed it. I was a good trapper for muskrats, foxes, possums, and raccoons. And I could always have meat on the table and hunted rabbit, squirrel, and deer. Now fox and deer turned into a big part of mine and Robbie's lives. Me and him took it as a job and part of our life at night we would go hunting just like a job. We would go calling foxes and poaching deer. Now the foxes were legal except for trespassing and the deer weren't and it seemed that our favorite spots were all on government property. Now we ate deer a lot and I had a few guys that would buy them. 35 to $45 each. So on a good night, we would get as many as seven a night. That would be our limit. And if we were killing foxes, that's what we would stick with. And maybe one or two deer right at daylight. I said seven was our limit because they would start sticking over the bed if you got any more than that. Now poaching of deer was not a secret. There was another guy, John Elderman. If you remember, his dad owned the taxi cab I rode back and forth from the river in. Anyway, he knew about the deer and was trying to become a game warden and learning how to become a taxidermist at the same time. He would try and get another friend to get a head of a deer off of me, and I would never let that happen. You'll hear more about John later. He turns out to become a high-ranking officer in Indiana. I think that's where I'm going to end it today. I know I maybe made you a little excited with the first death, but it turns out that will be next week's episode, I think. Because I did not get to it in this one. Um, I'm thinking episodes are probably going to be, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes. I thought they would be longer, but I could probably make the entire story into one long episode. And I don't want to do that. I want this to be multiple parts. I want this to be something that comes out weekly. So we'll just have to see. But I want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. As always, we do have an Instagram account. It's just Midwest Crazy. If you want to give that a follow. If you're not already, of course. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to wrap it up today. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.